Welcome to That Was a Hoot, episode three of That Was a Hoot. Um, <laughs> you forgot how intros were. Well, I was like, well, it's, it's not That Was a Hoot of the IFNZ podcast, because we've already established that they're... IFNZ podcast presents That Was a Hoot. <laughs> episode three. Three. We're going to be covered Today, we're still on season one. Uh, we're going to be covering episodes four, five, and six mm-hmm. uh, of of season one, and uh, segments one and two of each. Yes, double segment. At some point, we'll get into at least one or two episodes that only single segment are single segmented episodes. I think we call those specials, quote unquote. Are they really? I don't. I don't know if they're necessarily, but I mean that's that's what they you're always seem to that. Right they always seem that way to me anyway. I like see. they were. It was like a little mini. It's a little mini, mini movie. special. Yeah, mini a little twenty two minute mini movie. Do it. Mini movie, mini movie. So episode four dot one. <laughs> <laughs> Who's for dinner? Who is it? It's gonna be Rocco. Rocco is, yeah. I mean, you're right. So uh we start off the episode. Rocco is a very sad boy. Yes. Misses his family. He does miss his family. It appears that maybe they're all dead. Pretty sure. What do you did they ever cover? This is this is probably even more like leading in from what we discussed the last episode, this is even more of a reason for us to get an like a little mini series or something like that, or a little mini movie or a comic that delves into the yes. origin story of Rocco. Yeah. Maybe there's a little sad bit closer toward like the beginning to middle area where we find out how his family tragically died <laughs> and what leads us to him traveling from his Australia to uh, O-Town. Yeah. And that kind of gets us like a little bit of that because if this is continuity or our yeah. our canon for it, you know, then all of his family's basically dead it except for so Spunky. He's got photos of their gravestones. That's yes. how he remembers them. <laughs> Instead of photos of them, it's like uh like um what's the like old school photos were just like you only took a photo of somebody when they were dead. Like, yes, that was like the eighteen hundreds and uh-huh. stuff. Maybe like first photos were just like they took photos of dead people. Yeah. Or it was it was tradition to take pictures of people in their like funeral garb as they were dead before they would put them in the coffin and then yeah. send them off kind of a thing. It was the only way they could get them to sit still. Yeah. Everybody's so jittery. <laughs> You're going to have to hold still because the bulb's going to explode in exactly 47 seconds. <laughs> no, don't move. Yes. Uh, so uh, so because Rocco's homesick and lonely heifer yeah. invites him over for dinner mm-hmm. and we get to meet heifer's family for the first well, he time needs him, he needs him to give him a ride <laughs> to his house <laughs> which is i guess probably the only reason he actually invited him was like well but i, I never got i never got the sense that they lived that far away i don't think they do <laughs> i i mean i think it's like He's literally it's like a handful of blocks maybe <laughs> like I mean, it's just, I, at most i mean it doesn't seem like it would take a long drive i mean maybe he could live across town i have no idea really but even across town like O-Town doesn't seem that big. No. I feel like the extent of O-Town to us is about the same size as like Carbondale Marion. You think it's that big? Yeah. Huh. I think it seems like it's a very, you know, like it's not city-esque, but I mean, it's got enough city stuff there yeah. that it's got some kind of city center aspect. And it also has That's some true. kind of suburbs to it because, because I mean, they, they the live in the burbs. Yeah. Both, both families do. That's a good point. So, I mean, it's got to have some kind of sub segments of different areas and stuff like that too. We see them go to like, shitty parts of town in certain episodes too point. where they go to like well it looks like suburbs but everything's like banged up and stuff you even hear like gunshots and shit in yeah. the background like this is the west side of town <laughs> <laughs> and then we we find out that heifer's family are the wolves yeah heifer wolf is his last name is his last name spoilers uh, sorry <laughs> uh yeah so he's got fully leading into this if you're listening you've watched the episodes or have seen them before when you were a kid yeah, you, you know that idea this is kind of uh where we're going with things right exactly yeah um but we find we find that heifer has a family of wolves mm-hmm. no other cows uh around nope we find out later why uh but we uh i forgot how how quirky heifer's mom is like she's got like a tick or of some sort or yeah. she like yeah, she's, she's got like a weird tick like a that, nervous tick not that a tick not like a quirky, but 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 like a tick in that sense or yeah. she or she even or she just tenses up in awkward moments like uh-huh. kind of like er, like the way that they portray her she's almost very like a stereotypical like jewish mother in in like that kind of a sense you know what i mean i gotcha like she even kind of has that sweet little accent I you know gotcha. what i mean like what don't you know like a northerner type thing i like gotcha. they're 
Because like Northerners and Jewish people are the same. They are. In my eyes. <laughs> if you live in Wisconsin or up, you are Jewish, apparently. I got a lot. I got a lot of Wisconsin. You got, you got a lot of Jewish relatives didn't you didn't know. <laughs> they, hide, uh, they hide the yarmulkes as well when they're when you're not around. So that shh, he's here. Uh, hide the menorah. <laughs> but uh, they, uh, let's see. They tell the family. Chad, do you want some vodka? I mean, pancakes for breakfast? <laughs> So they uh, they're nervous about when because it's so it's Heifer and he's got a brother and sister. Yes. Um, though I can't remember their name. I think they come up later. And so much teenage angst. Uh, and then yes, and then mom and dad and the grandpa's there. Uh-huh. The grandpa's a shitty guy. Yeah, he's your your uh, your he average is, like he racist is, old he is, white. He is guy. the racist guy. <laughs> uh, he's uh he's like. Not even he's worse than Archie Bunker, but he's kind of Archie Bunker ish. Yeah, uh, in that way. If Archie Bunker was like eighty five and senile, <laughs> yeah, like Archie Archie was like in his fifties, yeah, maybe at most, yeah. yeah. Uh, but so they they uh, they realize that a wallaby isn't going to go over well with Grandpa for right. one reason or another. I guess wolves. Don't they pull his ears up? Is that the what they do? I don't they, remember. Is they that... pull his ears up and they call him something else, uh, like a different animal. It's a coyote. Yes, yeah, he's a coyote, but they, but Heifer pulls his ears up to make him look exactly. longer and pointier, so that way that is not like a giveaway kind of a gotcha. thing. Yeah, he's a coyote. So the coyote would be pretty close to a wolf, so like yeah. it would be like a long distance relative, almost. Yeah, kind of anything. Uh, but uh, but Grandpa thinks he's a beaver anyway, so it doesn't really work out. He calls him <laughs> beaver all the time. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I like when uh when Rocco goes to the bathroom. He has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, can I go? And they tell him like what door or whatever to go down. It's like he I, opens up all the random doors. It's very like Scooby-Doo-esque. Yes. And like you open up the different doors and find different shit. It's like the red riding hoods. Well, like a whole room of like quiet little girls. And he's just like, oh, oh, sorry, wrong. <laughs> and room. then pigs or something. Yeah. Like, like three little pigs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they've been holding all their stuff. Uh, But uh, Rocco mentions that he, that Heifer never told him that he was adopted. And yeah. Heifer freaks out. <laughs> Heifer never knew. <laughs> Which is sweet because, like, that means that like, they did a really good job, like Heifer, keeping yeah. him part of the family. Exactly, especially for like for Grandpa to be able to keep that under wraps. Like, yeah, because he would totally be like, "What's this cow doing here?" Or he might be like, "What's this horse doing here?" It seems he like can't... he's senile enough and has been so for so long. Anyway, that if you told him he was he was a wolf, he probably would just have believed <laughs> it. Point. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a, their sniffers aren't exactly on point. And then, uh, so Heifer runs away from home. Yes, uh, and goes and eats French fries at a diner. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, trying to deal with the fact that he's adopted. Um, and then, uh, so the family, everybody goes looks looking for him. Uh, I like that they go to the butcher slab idea body. Yeah. <laughs> that was just awesome. trying to find whichever hanging meat is, is potentially him. Yes. But they're ID'd. Yes. They have tags on them, like names of other people. <laughs> so it's like, clearly like we've slaughtered other heifers and the, like kind of people, yeah. other steers and they have names and this is them. Well, that goes into that whole, like, when do you decide that an animal is an animal? And when do you decide that an animal yeah, is, we a, talked about before, like the, the yeah. choky chicken and they, they hire the chicken lady and she's like of the ilk, like I'm going to work here. But then she ends up coming out as a piece of processed meat that has <laughs> yeah. her name tag on it and says, this is windy, yeah. you know, whatever. And then later on in that exact same episode, they're eating fried chicken yes. from the choky chicken. You're just like, are they eating the chick that ever right. was friends with that is excited about getting interviewed? Yes. Yeah. yeah, so this is the same scenario is like we've got the butcher <laughs> and there's dead cows and there's not really a big difference between the two. Um when they eat at the dinner table, I forgot about mentioning this. Yeah. It's gross. Because like they're chewing like what, on the meat and they could see you could see the drippings of the meat coming out of the sides of their mouth because they're wolves and they're yeah. eating like wolves, you know, they're a little bit slightly ravenous. Right. But whenever they're chewing on the meat and stuff like that, it like dribbles out of their mouths and sit and you see like the the chewed like somebody chewed up burger and stuff yeah. and you see that kind of hanging on the side of their mouths and yeah. stuff and it's just dripping out and it's just real gross to me <laughs> it's, well, it, it's not very asmr no. <laughs> you hear it and see it yeah they're uh it's kind of like heifer like you get where heifer gets his eating habits for when he's eating yeah. his, his kelpies or whatever 100%. they are uh for sure uh and then heifer continues to go on an eating spree um and then uh he talks to his dad uh-huh. in the clouds. Oh, that's right. I was like, why He's do I? Dead. Why did I put this in quotes? Yeah, 
he who's, talks to his, his dad and his uh it's his mom or his new mom or whatever because it's that's like that's right <laughs> it's like the weird like the mom and dad got a divorce and yes. this is his new mom he's and like, mom? he's like mom he's like but no your mom's but, a car seat in illinois yeah but they're all they're all like dead too yeah up there so something tragic happened to his family as well you come to find out yeah. just like just like rocco's yeah they're both kind of yeah i guess but... rocco's technically yeah. orphaned i guess in a sense and moved to the americas to find a new life right whereas yeah. he was Heifer was adopted orphaned and, and adopted by yeah. a family of ravenous wolves that chose not to eat him yeah exactly um and then so are are utter warmers a real thing no okay i did look this up oh you did okay i did yes uh because I, I preemptively looked at the notes uh oh, yes. going into this episode uh, looked into my questions uh, not all of them, because I don't remember all of them, but I did okay. distinctly remember looking this up to kind of find out <laughs> if it is actually a real thing and it's not, which is surprising to me. Not that necessarily like you would need to keep people like their milk cold. You, you know, you would need to, <laughs> you would need to keep. I'm not thinking like the udder is going like a like a like some some person's tits for going to freeze, you know, if it's just hanging out here kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm assuming it's just designed for all all terrain <laughs> all terrain utter warmer uh but you know I, I i was just like surprised you know i was like i wonder if it's like a human hand has to have a glove to keep it warm you know and insulated <laughs> to a certain extent i mean technically yeah. you don't have to have a glove but right yeah, i guess it's just kind of like that yeah absolutely um but then heifer really why did is where did utter warmers come into the show i can't even remember it's a thing that heifer sees uh when he's on his own oh okay like he's yeah. walking down the street he's walking down the street and you see he sees a sign he that reminds says him of yeah. like gotcha yeah uh but then heifer does realize that his real family is the one that's looking for him the ones that have cared for him and uh goes back home uh to join in uh everything such a sweet is nice yeah and once again it's one of those like basic scenarios of like here's Rocco goes to dinner with heifer. What could go wrong? Like, yes, it's, it's basic. 100%. Basic, basic like everything line. has got some kind of a basic premise to it. Like you just said, you hit the nail. Yeah. Like last time when we were talking about it, but yeah. So episode four, segment two, love spanked. Mm. This one, we're looking at Rocco having a crush on the little girl, Melba. I like Melba. Melba is awesome. It, it, this isn't the only time we see Melba, right? Does Melba come back through? I don't remember off the top of my head. Or maybe it's just that Melba's memorable. Rememberable. She is. This is a memorable episode to okay. me. I think she's just a very quirky, cute yeah. person. And she does stick out very well. Uh, Melba, as in, I'm assuming Melba Toast, mm-hmm. which is a Australian uh, snackery. Right. Yeah. So I guess that kind of makes sense that mm-hmm. that's that's where we're getting her namesake from and yeah. whatnot. Uh, Heifer says that she has a boyfriend and he needs to go out on it and date. Yeah, he needs to get over Melba because yes. Melba lives next door, right? They move, ne- they move yes. in next door. Melba and her boyfriend uh-huh. Rocco's obsessed. Yes, and uh, loves Melba. Heifer's like, she's taken, dude. Go go on, go on some dates. Mm-hmm. So they they do it, or he they does do it. it. Heifer suggests writing a personal ad, which he mentions. Uh, sucking flinging at, what <laughs> i'm trying to read your notes and which he mentions sucking fling filling out of their teeth i think that these are looking. qualities that rocco had was that he's able to suck filling out of someone's teeth and uh, that, really <laughs> i think so i don't remember that part and the, he's looking for someone with a big hairy chest <laughs> is this what this is what heifer's typing this is out? the ad like what he wants is someone it heifer heifer and filbert that are typing it together i don't remember i just remember that heifer was writing a personal ad for rocco i feel like heifer and and filbert are doing it together and they're kind of like laughing about it while they're doing it though too <laughs> could be i'm pretty sure uh but they get a lot of response from the ad yeah and they, it's real popular uh rocco definitely has some big hairy chests that he can look forward to mm-hmm. uh so a lot of bad dates but he's stuck on Melba. Yeah. Um, he gets. Uh, I'm. I'm wanting to say. I guess does for some reason I thought uh, uh, Lady Hippo shows up, but maybe not. No, not. In She's this not one. one of the nope. options. Uh, but uh, they everything doesn't go right. So Heifer gets him on a on a dating a show. dating show, not unlike the dating game. That's right, called Love Seat. Love Seat, <laughs> like a hot seat type thing. And uh, I, I, you're right. I do. This is very memorable because I remember the the love seat situation 
uh yeah like very much like the 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 silhouettes yeah with the big flaming hearts and shit yes yeah yeah Yeah. uh he gets a go and pick on a date with uh with number three contestant number three who actually ends up being heifer (laughs) who was sitting in with someone so he goes on a date with heifer and i forgot this too because for some for some reason i thought that number three was melba like like and and ended up like oh he picked melba all along and they get to kind of get to live happily ever after kind of thought i forgot that heifer was the stand in yeah and that's just like the heifer takes it seriously like it's like a <laughs> legit date type of a thing whereas you know rocco's writing it off like any other person would because he's like we're best friends i'm not gonna do this with you kind of a thing but he's like wanting to take it seriously throughout the course of the remainder of the episode so it ends up going on uh, on their their date and stuff. Uh, Rocco decides that he's going to talk to Melba and try to introduce himself, which means that he's never he's just he's just he's gawked. He's, but he's never heard from afar. Yeah, this whole time. So they they moved in next door. Is this relatively a new move in, or it has, has it to been? Be. Like, I feel like it has. It doesn't seem like it's been. He's love struck. They've never mentioned it before. No, like this is in between segment of it. it's it's after he gets home from going to the wolves for dinner yeah like they move in shortly thereafter i guess because the yeah. next day <laughs> yeah he's finished having dinner he's sleeping with the delicious roast in yeah. his belly and then he wakes up and then, and then he's in, in love yeah like... he's instantly in love <laughs> perfect i yeah. love that there's continuity to it now <laughs> so heifer ends up putting an ad in the paper uh confessing <laughs> rocco's love for melba there must be an uh a and special of uh, for ads that day yeah i apparently for that the series of days that are in a row yes and this is what uh rocco is freaking out about because he's the remainder of the episode is about him trying to get the newspaper <laughs> oh, yeah. back from her porch after it gets delivered. Yes. Because he does not want her to see it or the boyfriend to pick up the paper right. to see it. Yes. Because he's scared about getting the shit beat out of him. Yes. And uh, my question out of this episode is, where does Heifer get the money to pay for these ads along with anything else? Because that guy doesn't do anything. Yeah, I know. I think he gets I, an allowance. It's almost like, it, do you think that from whenever his parents, his actual parents died? Like he's got and settlement? He's adop- adopted from them. Maybe he's like got a trust fund kind of a thing almost Maybe in a way. That would explain a lot if he like, because of the way he acts is very like nonchalant, like nothing matters. It kind of like everything's trashy. It's like, he's just a, buy a new one. Like, yeah, he's just like a weird trust fund kid from these parents. But whenever you see his dad in the sky... And new mom in the sky, they kind of seem like white trash. They do a little bit, but maybe so, like maybe his dad like robbed a bank and left him money from that. It's like a, like in like a bank note because the Wolf family doesn't live like well off. Like they're no, not, not at all. They're like they're working working people. It looks like the dad. And you've probably... never seen that Heifer has a job, at least not in any of our episodes thus far. Yeah. And we've seen now job situations, you know, come Rocco's and go had, for yeah. Rocco. Exactly. So we know that he's in a working, you know, job and we've just never seen anything forever. Yeah. I, I don't know where he gets money from. I, that, that's my explanation is he's a bratty trust fund kid. And that's why he writes off shit so easily. I like that. I like that. But for some reason, he just likes to mooch off of Rocco and have him try to pay for whatever he can. Yeah. Because even though he's a bratty trust fund kid, he's also like a penny pincher. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to use my money. Yeah. We established in that very, that very first episode whenever he, Rocco, uh, he's like, you buy me my ticket into the carnival? You know, yeah, whatever. He gives him right. that. <laughs> then but he then gets... he like he gets tumped upside down in the Ferris wheel and all the fucking money that falls out of Heifer's pockets <laughs> is right. like more than what ro- falls out of Rocco's. Yeah. So he has more money and he had money to begin with to buy himself to yes. get into the thing. <laughs> so we know that he was like obviously lying. So he just does it to do it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. And then it's Rocco like an gets mad. Asshole. Yeah. Rocco gets mad at Heifer. Yeah. Kicks him out of his life gets like to the point like that that level of like pissed off out yeah and then uh and then which it seems like this is one of many times that rocco is about ready to just he does this multiple times throughout the series he he yells at him and like get out yeah kind of a thing like uh like uh what's his name like john lithgow and harry and the hendersons like yeah yelling for him to go away Jack black with kyle gas yeah that gets pissed off they get pissed off at each other and then he comes back exactly exactly but then they for he forgives him and and cools down and finds out that melba reads the the paper oh as well yeah melba reads the paper and then uh she knows how to read she knows how to read uh you get like a nice little sweet ending like yeah she she kind of likes him too a little bit at the end of it 
but not with a boyfriend. But she still got a boy. She still got the boyfriend, but she just lets him know, like, I'm kind of interested in you too. Mm. So there's like a happy little resolution to that one too. Where episodes fours have a there's a maybe tiny sweet little endings to both on there. Absolutely. Let's dip into episode five. Five point one clean. Five dot one. Five. Oh, sorry. Five (laughs) episode five section one clean loving. Rocco goes uh, into his kitchen and decides. Uh, once again, this is one of those basic episodes, basic uh, ideas where this one is one of those episodes I feel like that sticks out in my head whenever I think about Rocco. Yeah, too. A lot it's a of weird times. one. Yeah, uh, he decides he's gonna uh, tidy up and he's gonna mop uh, the the floor uh, because it's real funky in there. But yes. uh, it because I think he walks in. And like his feet stick to the floor to the point where like the tiles are coming up. Yeah, because he walks and they, they've they're still stuck to his tiles. Whenever <laughs> yeah. he walks in, he's just like, "It's time to do a little bit of house cleaning, Spunky." Which is like his mo is he has to wait until that gets completely as disgusting, bad as it possibly can. <laughs> Same thing with Succomanic. Yes, <laughs> sucking up the floors and it's like a, a two foot layer of green gunk off of the yes. small shag carpet he has below it. It's like he's forgotten how to clean, and he's like, "Oh man, cleaning! I forgot about that." Yeah. Uh, and then Spunky gets the idea while he's mopping that Rocco is dancing with this mop and, and Spunky sees this mop as this luscious, lovely thing with, with long flowing hair or whatever. And, uh, it falls in love with it. Spunky's in love with a mop. And that's, I guess this is kind of like the inside of like a dog's mind anyways. You know what I mean? Like whenever you see like any object can be a, a can be something. Yeah. Yeah, It's a thing. You know what I mean? Like to something to play with could be something that's like a thing all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, you know what I mean? Like not necessarily like I'm falling in love with it. Like he does with the mop and to this extent, but like he's brushing, you know, he's brooming the floor, you know, he's sweeping and stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, I'm going to try and bite it, you know, because it's just another thing to play with. The vacuum cleaner is scary. Yeah. You know, the mic stand is a human. Some kind of inanimate object turns into something that is to them adamant. And to him, this long flowing blonde hair (laughs) of the mop that he sees whenever it's like, you know, very, uh, I don't know what, what, what would you Farrah call Fawcett. that? Farrah Fawcett. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Like the wet hair, you know, kind of Baywatch in a way. Yeah. Bo Derek. <laughs> <laughs> is that a man? No, Bo Derek's a woman. She I was, don't know who Bo Derek is. Bo Derek was uh, Tommy Boy's stepmom. Oh, okay. I mean, she was a lot of other things, but that's... That's one that sticks out in the yeah. head. Yeah, I get you. I got you. She was a, a hottie in the 80s. Um, so then um, the... Oh... There's this imagery that that Spunky has of like I guess sexy time for him. Oh, the, like the yeah, train I, going I, through the tunnel. Yeah, I forget. This is all just innuendo, innuendo. to everything. <laughs> yeah, the train going through the tunnel. You the butter spreading on the bread. Bread. There's multiple other oh, things. Just, There's yeah. a volcano erupting. Uh, just like any kind of euphemism for sex or coming mm-hmm. or any kind of thing that you could think yeah. of, all put into a child show. They, yeah, they go hard on it. Yeah. The, it's the, pretty good. I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. I did too. I was reading the notes and I was like, wait, what? Butter. <laughs> and then Rocco wakes up looking for Spunky and finds that they're in the closet. Yeah. Laying together like they just had yeah, a you session. Can hear, you hear uh, when he's walking to the closet, you hear kissy noises. You hear yes. like yeah. that. Like they, he's like making out with the, the thing. And he's got water dripping from his, from the mop, from his <laughs> face. And it's not just like drool. It's just like, like dripping off. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Rocco's like, cut it out, and, like locks the door and kicks Spunky out. It's like, that's a mop. Leave it alone kind of thing. Uh, but Spunky continues to get together with the mop. Yeah. It doesn't uh, matter what he does. Yeah. He's like, like automatically attached yes. to it as soon, soon as, he as the mop gets out yeah. and lo- unlocks the door. He tries to run away with it. There's there's all kinds of failed attempts to for Spunky to permanently one note and i forgot about it again until i saw that note and that that that's like one of my favorite parts of the episode what's that i will get to it oh, okay. in a minute and uh then uh so there's all these kinds of uh commercials that that rocco sees and are they are they the commercials to be like is your dog like in love with something like is it something along those lines? It always happens this way, too, though. It's Anytime like, he's watching something, it has some kind of convenience like thing that's tying to the plot. Yeah. With the suckomatic, he had to clean the house. Yes. So the suckomatic thing, the advertisement automatically popped on there. This one, 
It's something very specific to a sci- like psychological evaluation. Animal psychologist. An- animal yeah. psycho- psychologist, and it's super specific. Like it's like, is your is your dog uh, in love with an inanimate object that you use to clean your household daily? <laughs> You know, it's it's very pinpointed, yeah. specific to his catered to what his problem yes. is. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, like getting excited about it, and then you hear all about Doctor Katz. Yeah, and this isn't the first time. This is the fir- this is the first time we mentioned Doctor Katz, but it's not the first the last time we see him because right. he comes back later on. And as who well. is and Doctor Katz is different than what's the wasn't there a cartoon that was Doctor something yeah. or other was it Doctor Katz? Yeah, it's Doctor Katz, but different Doctor Katz, different Doctor Katz, different spelling, I believe, as well too. Okay. Yeah, but then I, I was like, that name sounds fam- so familiar. But yeah, that was is. that was the really oddly drawn and animated television show that was on Comedy Central. That wasn't uh, what was the show? The not critic. the critic. That's no, uh, I was going to say that you yeah, this one. This one's this one kind of almost is very oh, reminiscent yeah. of animation in like home movies. Yes, kind of almost like the way like it's kind of like yeah, it's shaky yeah. in a way that it's animated because it's almost like the hand the way that's drawn. It's almost like somebody did with crayon or like they not really, but. Like they didn't use the reference underneath it when they were doing the animation as much. Like they kind of went, mm, that's close. And Dr. so they're cats, professional therapist. That's it. Is it? Oh, it's professional therapist on there. So yeah, it's really close to, I wonder when but did, yeah, the, the, the whole thing was very stuttered. And when shaky. did that come out? Uh, 1985, okay. 95 so to 2002. This is before. This is before it. Yes. So this would have been in 93. Dr. Cat's animal psychologist. Could have influenced yeah. Dr. Katz. Could have at least the name. Professional psychologist. Interesting. Um, so my question on this one is, uh, is have you ever bought anything from the TV like Rocco has? Uh, I mean, it's definitely a, it's definitely of that era. Uh, yeah. that, that 90s era was pretty heavily on like as seen on TV and you send in nothing, your payments. That, nothing or that's been so like on the nose with like something that I needed and then and there in that moment. But right. I mean I've bought stuff that's like as seen on TV kind right, of shit. But not you know I mean you but, never like called in and been like, I want that. Here's no, my card. No, I've never I mean done I guess that. we didn't really have credit cards. We didn't cards. have cards then. No. <laughs> but I don't even remember my parents doing anything. No, like that. I don't either. I think if anything, my dad my dad was a uh, proud uh owner and purveyor of the Floby. Uh, really? That would have been popular in the 90s he had a at Flo-B? that point in time that we have seen and was popularized on Wayne's World. Yeah. Uh, it sucks as it cuts, as you know. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, he, he had a Floby. That's that. I had a lot of uh, childhood haircuts that were from the Floby as well, <laughs> just from there. And That's it, awesome. It does its job really well uh, after a point in time, uh, you don't feel your, your head goes numb. After the, because you the way you it works with the suction power that comes up through it mm-hmm. from the vacuum, because it's just an attachment for the vacuum, basically like a glorified really vacuum. Yeah, you plug in your your household vacuum. It plugs into your the hose on that you would use to like you know extend out and uh-huh. get you know cobwebs or whatever. Um, it plugs into there. It has blades that suck and rotate. Yeah, that are in there. Just like fin fine razor blades, and then it has attachments that go onto the the blade thing. So you're holding onto like the little handle, and then you have different attachments that have different shapes, uh, you know, for specific angles that go onto your head. So you'll have ones that'll be you, you can add on to them as well. So yeah. that way, if you have somebody like a woman or say or a guy with long hair that mm-hmm. you're cutting that has that, you would add on instead of just like one that's like a two inch piece or something right. like that you would add on multiple two inch pieces to have like eight oh. inches of hair to suck up and cut and that way yeah. you're trimming off those dead ends and stuff like that and then it had ones that would be like at an angle like this so you could like go on the side of the head comfortably but to do it you would have to like kind of hit you know up and down to get the sucking motion to cut yeah. and then pull the hair back into the vacuum so that's like the whole point you know there's no mess to it at yeah. all there's nothing to sweep up it's cutting and it's sucking at the yeah. same time so you're getting a nice little haircut and there's no mess to clean up you know man i mean how many people can say that they got their haircut by a floby i don't know me my uh my dad's side of the family he would cut people's hair on his side of really? the family too he cut his own hair too with it whenever he had more hair yeah uh even when he didn't have more hair and it was still shorter or whatever he would still kind of you know, take go care on there and way. take care of it that way. That's wild. Do it yourself, just kind of watching <laughs> in the mirror. Be like, I know I need it to be at least like, you know, one to two inches uh, long or something. Put that piece on and just kind of go over your yeah. head with it. Huh. Yeah. Wow. So I guess that would have been like that earliest instance of instant of uh, 
that kind of a thing that he would buy off of the tv because i remember him getting it that way but that's that's really the only thing in my head that sticks out to me that we had that was like that there are a lot of things that you kind of get the i want on you're like oh i want that so bad but like i feel like there's those uh they advertised them starting in like the 90s but now they're still they're still popular you see them at like fairs or little shows you know like like even like flea markets and shit yeah people will set up stands with like those rags they'll have like a piece of carpet sham wows kind of like a sham wow yeah yeah you like like uh they'll have like a small strip of carpet and they'll pour like a soda on it yeah and they'll put like one on there and they'll push on a little bit and then they'll lift up and then it's like there's no brown on the oh, carpet yeah. at all it's already soaked up everything kind mm-hmm. of thing i feel like one time at the state fair in ducoin when we were in the 90s there's a guy that had like the the microphone and the little the little piece was like there's close to your face. Yeah, you know I'm talking about. Uh-huh. So it's like that like little mouthpiece kind of a thing, and he sounded like really staticky and weird because yeah. he's right there by it, um, doing the demo thing like that. And I feel like my dad bought some of those things like a six pack or something because right. it was like 15 bucks for the six pack of these yeah. things, and you get this, and it's uh, perfect. You know, you do the things, ring it out, you hit, ready to go for the next time, kind of a thing. And I remember having that, but like never using it at the house too. <laughs> It was just like a sheer impression thing. So the uh, so the psychologist, Doctor Katz, takes the mop out to to dinner. Yeah, that's uh, like that's what I was talking about. That's like one of my favorite parts. <laughs> he ends up going like he gets this separation final like thing it gets final. The, like gets everything done, and then he but falls he so ends up <laughs> falling in love with the beautiful blonde mop and takes it takes Rocco's mop out to dinner. <laughs> and Spunky's real bummed out about this, yeah. and uh, and so we think that you know, we see kind of spunky as he's kind of walking away sad because don't they like see him in a window in the window like going out to yeah, dinner it's with like them? an italian restaurant like yeah. lady in the tramp style like yeah. stereotypical like a person playing yeah yeah and 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 then you think oh spunky's he sees this long-haired dog that's kind of like a mop like a mop and so like maybe that's all he was really envisioning was this like puffy dog and so you're like oh yeah. look at spunky he's gonna because he gets excited and he starts bolting toward it yeah. but then you find out that he bolts right past that dog and goes for the fire hydrant. <laughs> and then now he's in love with it. And Rocco's just kind of like, all right. Yeah, he's like, well, he doesn't I guess like we'll let living bygones things. be bygones. So let's just, uh, that's this is just how it is. Yeah. So we got episode five, segment two, unbalanced load. Ooh. Samel comes from Rocco's room while he's sleeping. And it actually peels paint off the walls. I, lo- I love those like <laughs> visuals where like, yeah, you're used to these, whatever. What do they, what do you call that when you, those phrases that are just kind of it just like a turn of phrase yeah and then they actually like full-on act them out yeah. like that is is always funny to me like he yawns like his yawns so loud it's like a lion and he's just like yeah. and then you hear like the lion yes. roar. like they take it that extra step yes. and full-on do the thing that you're just using as a metaphor yes exactly yeah uh then he decides to spend the day at the laundry net not before the dirty clothes almost take Spunky. <laughs> so, once so they again, actually are sentient. Yeah. Is, They're is, creeping and crawling across the floor with a stink sign, like the yes. wavy stink symbols above them. Waits until his his whatever dirt mess has taken over its uh, yeah. this crazy thing. And like once again, mob, another like the... central just Rocco has dirty clothes, needs to go to laundry yes. mat to clean clothes. Yeah. And then everything happens from there. And they almost eat Spunky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, crawling across the floor, sentient, trying to eat Spunky. Rocco doesn't know what to wear uh, to the laundromat, so he takes his lucky shirt, which is... Have you been to the laundromat before? The same as every other shirt. <laughs> Do you ever worry what you're going to wear to the laundromat? No. I no. I just wore what I had on Yeah, to go to the laundromat. Literally, like it's just like, I mean, look, what is clean? What's left? <laughs> yeah, you know, what's, what is, what's, yeah. The, what's the outfit that I can wear to the laundromat, and then yes. I will clean everything else? And do then you, this will go dirty. Exactly. Do you have a lucky shirt? Like, is that a thing that you find? No, I don't have a lucky shirt. I have like shirts that I keep for keepsakes. Your favorites, you know, not yet. I mean, yeah, I have favorite ones too. But I mean, like ones that I will keep. Like you don't that I might not anymore. even fit into anymore yeah. or something. Like it might be like a medium or large, but I keep them like because you got, they're like, the botch manifold keepsakes. Shirt. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, I got the burning August shirts. I've got uh, I've got botch shirts in the back of the closet. I have apples and hand grenades ones as well. Yeah. And then, uh, like, uh, I, I haven't wore it in a while now, but whenever Betty was born, I was wearing this uh, one kind of commemorative. Uh, it's a, a hoodie 
but it's like a black looks like a Blackhawks jersey as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but I have that and I, I wore it, you know, even then after it's as well. But I haven't worn it on it for when she was first yeah, born. Yeah, it's got all of her em- embryonic fluids and <laughs> and uh, placenta is just it's right on the shoulder. <laughs> And I just can't get it off. Yeah. It's stuck there. You just, you've never even tried. We talked about eating it at that one point in time. And I was just like, nah, it's got lint on it and shit. <laughs> um, and also, uh, did you know that Rocco wore pants? No. And like, this is like one of the few times that you see that Rocco does have bottoms on. Yeah. There's episodes too. Whenever, yeah. Whenever he like wakes up from bed and shit like that. And you'll see that he has boxers. Yeah. But some of the boxers in the episodes look, they're either like generic white. Like white. Or, or they look like the same pattern as his shirt. Yeah. And like, well, and like when he went to the beach uh, a few episodes ago. Yeah. He was, he, his, his, his trunks, his trunks wore the same pattern. Yeah. And I wonder if those were even trunks or were they just his normal shorts that he wears? He explains why this shirt's his lucky shirt, isn't he? I don't remember. I don't remember it in the episode for, I, cause th- there's a reason why this shirt is a, is a lucky shirt, why it's a keepsake to him. And, and that's why he calls uh, it that. But I forget what the premise says. I feel like it has something to do like, that's like he wore that shirt when he went to like his first baseball game. He got his uh, first kiss like all this stuff like happened all when firsts. all of his first and the like really important shit happened when he was wearing the shirt. Oh, so okay. that's why he doesn't like to keep it out. And it's always just kind of like in the back and he has I to wear you. it because there's nothing else clean. Yeah. He's he's dirtied up all of his other yeah. clothes. So uh, one of the washers rockers go, Rocco goes to use on uh, on the run. What? One of the washers Rocco uses goes on the run unplugged and he chases it down <laughs> while trying to keep his lucky shirt from being damaged. <laughs> yes. So he's the now the washers are also sentient. Yeah, they're doing their thing. Uh, and that's when you get a, a nice uh, breaking the fourth wall. Uh, Staring that, straight deadpan into the camera. And laundry, laundry day, day is a very, very dangerous, dangerous day. day. Yeah. Uh, addressing it clearly to the audience refers to uh, references to static clean, which is yeah, also I, eventually the name of the movie. The, yeah, I was I, I saw that and I was or I heard that and I was like, oh, like that's it's it's in there. I wonder like. You you obviously wouldn't have paid attention to it all when you first watch it because the, uh, the static what the static cling, cling doesn't he turn into like a puffball like yeah, his maybe. fur he, he turns up, poofs up poofs and up a poof. bit and you don't really see that that much because he's like a very you know what I mean like yeah. you, you don't see like the aspect of his fur and then like again there's one point in time during the uh, the episode where he's out on the beach the sand in your navel one where he comes out of the water and he shakes off and it's like uh, and it goes yeah. down his body while he's shaking and like the water that's off. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, but that's you don't really Very get any answers is that he's like actually a furry creature. Yeah. Like he has he has fur. You get lady a lady hippo makes an appearance. Uh, makes an appearance with the the bra stuck to his face. Because he has a static cling and he so has a static cling. But he says one of my favorite lines that I remember still to this day throughout the episodes. And it's something that I still say anytime I see a bra. <laughs> I don't know why. It is the must remove cups. <laughs> like move the bra cups from his face. He says it when he's like trying to get it off of his face. He's like must remove cups. <laughs> And I don't know why, but for some reason that line has always stuck out to my in in my head. <laughs> and I'm sure that she gives you a "How dare you?" How dare you? <laughs> uh, someone in the dryer takes his lucky shirt and turns it out. Turns out it's misplaced uh, clothes that tear up laundry. Oh, uh, that yeah. still yeah. He goes so into like he goes in the, into the dryer. Yeah, and it's like this is where all your missing socks and shit like that go. And so and it goes in, and it's like clothes people that are like yes. all tore up, like <laughs> sentient clothes, kind of like what they did with the uh, with the, the episode with the throw up. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. With the throw like up, the throw yeah. up, and it was like the cheese, like the weird, gross cheese, and all yeah. of the uh, oranges and shit like that. And they did the seven steps exactly, or the twelve steps. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of kind of along those lines, but then I, I like that kind of trope of that. That's where your because, clothes go. But we're supposed to know, and I don't remember. I don't see it in your notes, but we're supposed to know. He knows the about the the sock brothers that have the knives, because oh. he he like calls them out and he says their name in the episode. Oh, really? Like like we should all know who these people are. <laughs> But they've never been introduced before. They've never been like this is the Which only is time typical. you ever see them yeah. too. And he's just like Socko twins or something like this. There's like one that's like a red sock, like a red striped tube sock, and one that's blue. And they've got like different cuts on them and shit. And they're holding knives trying to cut up other shit. And he says their name out loud, like you're supposed to know who they are, but we have no idea who they are. Ah, uh, that's so weird. Yeah, I know it's but real. It's, but fucking it's pretty odd. typical, I guess, for for them to just automatically be like. 
here's character. We're not going to say yeah, who it, they are. It's like everything here. in Rocco is fair game for that kind of yeah. shit. That, that's of the ilk. But it, at the same time, in the back of your head, you're just kind of like, who? who? <laughs> but that's his modern life. The same shit with the Chameleon Brothers. You don't get an appropriate introduction to those guys. You see them multiple times until you get to that Coffeehouse episode yeah. when they full on give you like more of a backstory of where they came yeah. from and shit like that. And then you find out that that backstory is like, ultimately fake <laughs> so you really still don't know who they are yes. uh he does get his shirt back and gets the laundry done and the house is clean until uh washer breaks into his house and then fucks everything up again <laughs> sentient washer sentient washer still jumping down the road but busts through his door <laughs> and then out the back door yes yes and then you have a question for me i believe for this episode as we well. already did it we did that yep. question already so next next segment episode. next episode I'm I'm bad at this. All of it. When next episode and next segment. Yeah. Episode six, segment one, leapfrogs. I, I wonder feel like who we're this like doing book chapters. It is chapter you know two. Name? Like Ding. chapter six, segment one. <laughs> They're uh, Bible verses. Yes. Even. Uh, so this is about the frogs that are in our life and in Rocco's modern life. So um, next door neighbors. Yes. Salmon bushes. That's right. Old salmon bushes. Uh, we find out that Mrs. Bighead, who we've met before, yes, uh, is a big old romantic. She's 100%. a she's a big old sweetheart. She loves being loved. She loves being loved, and Ed has like he loves her back. And there's so many different segments and different points in times where yeah. you eventually see him be that way. But he is very much like stereotypical sitcom. They're like the Bundys, right? I mean, yes, like like in that Peggy's sense. very affectionate, and one hundred percent is like is grumpy. she is the horniest mom of all kind yeah. of a thing. But then Al is just very gruff and kind of writes it off. Yes, and then there are certain points and times where they have their lovey segments, and then Al gets kind of horny back yeah. with her, and she's like, "Oh, it's gonna happen," yeah. you know, kind of a thing. Very of that ilk, right. yes, very much so. So, uh, yeah, so there's a they're they're laying in bed, I think, and. uh and a, a a cupid, uh, but a pig, a, a, a pig shaped cupid, yeah, uh, has uh has some arrows, and he feels uh feels like he needs to help him spice up a little bit, so he starts shooting Ed with arrows, uh, which Ed has no kind of feeling yeah. for multiple arrows at all. There's like he's loaded with them, yeah, but, his uh, entire butt, leg, back, everything, like back of his head is just like all yes, up there to the point Nothing. where the cupid runs out of arrows and yeah. he doesn't have anything left um and so we kind of get a sense of that's kind of the vibe yeah so they go downstairs miss bighead opens the fridge and here's my question for this episode at least the first one um why is there a moose holding a coffee in the fridge yeah i don't i don't understand what that is meant to be a reference to other than just being weird you know what i mean like i in the back of my head i was trying to think of like when i saw this question and i thought back to it i was just like I don't know if it's it just only makes sense being weird. There's no coffee company or anything like no. that that would be kind of like played or referenced to. Like it's there's not no Folgers thing, no Folgers commercial yeah. that has any kind of a weird moose or somewhere yeah. in there or whatever. There's there's just nothing to it yeah. other than they were just like, what animal do we want to throw in here? Just randomly whole, hanging out. And there's only there's only so many moose references in pop culture. There's Bullwinkle, yeah, and there's the Wally World moose, right? Is that it? Like. Oh, that's the only two I can think of now that you've mentioned it. I, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, as far as I know, <laughs> that's all I got. So yeah, it's very, very odd. Um, but uh, so Mrs. Bighead is wanting some attention uh, from uh, from her man, and I love that autocorrect got me on honey. She's a bit honey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so she she sees Rocco, and she's like. Ooh, there's a man right there. Yeah, uh, he's he's just he's just man all over the he's place. He's a foreign exchange man. <laughs> uh, and so she she asks him he'll do some work for her. Um, so far we really haven't seen Rocco do much work, um, but he is willing to turn down the money. He's like, I'm good. Like, yeah. He's but he he does he work? Where's he? Does he still work at comic book shop? I guess we can assume. Kind yeah, of a yeah. Lot of comics. Uh, you see it eventually down the road in other episodes. They bring like, it back up again. When we talked about kind work, of a lot like, of comics. we can assume that he still has I feel that like there's, job. There's an episode at some point in time where he's reading a comic in the sh- in the shop while he's working about really, really big man. Oh, okay. and he's in that episode, like that episode That's centered that around that, that that character. I was like, we spend a lot of time in the comic book shops later on at some point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, so he he turns down the work. He's not really interested in it. But uh, Mrs. Bighead's eyes get stuck 
in the VCR while he's over there. I guess she's, I can't remember if she's looking for, uh, she's trying to figure out what's wrong with the VCR. She's going to go through all all kinds of different stuff because she's trying to they get, go through different motions. I don't remember which ones we go through. There's one where she's outside and she asks him to lube up her back. Yeah. And it the back lube that he grabs is the wrong thing. And it attracts a bunch of like bees and they stab her back and she gets like swollen and shit. Okay. And then, yeah, there's this, this one where something's wrong with the VCR like, and, and she's trying VCR to, yeah. and she's like, something's and then, wrong. And she puts her eyes in there yeah. to look around. And then they, they, they like she, something happens where he accidentally hits he like the for, hit. fast forward or something. And yeah. it starts wrapping her eyes Blind. around. And then he which is just horrible back. imagery. Just thinking about <laughs> it. Just like, your eyeballs with like the stalks behind them, like the yeah. whole nerve endings and stuff getting wrapped around there and then just going, ah, yeah. ah, ah, you know what I mean? Like screaming about it and shit. And That's just like, horrible. So she's like, then trying, reverses it. And like the eyeballs yeah. are like just hanging on the floor, out, hanging kind of, out, just kind of loose. And she, so she kind of like builds up this like honey do list. Like, Oh, and can you get that spider that's in the bathroom? And he goes in, and it's a full grown, like full size spider yeah, like, bigger than him doing? sitting on the toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That one's probably my favorite. It always reminds me of uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah, Beetlejuice. When you <laughs> see the beetle and he's like, does the, he's, she's trying to get her to say beetle and it turns over and goes, has it gone? Yeah. <laughs> and it just has Beetlejuice's voice. Yes. Uh, and then let's see. So then she also, she makes some lemonade. Uh, and that's probably where you're talking about when they're outside and everything. So she makes him lemonade and she yes. tries to use Spanish fly and it sprinkles actual like Spanish flies. Yeah, which I don't think would probably go over well today. They probably wouldn't do that kind of stereotypical. No, there's uh, a lot of stuff that you'll that we'll find it going down the road of this, yeah. and probably stuff that we might have missed even. Oh yeah, not definitely. paying attention to, or you know, just not even, not even mentioning it, yeah. or whatever. That it is very much that type of a thing. And also, she's trying to she's trying to drug him, yeah, into and kind of seducing. So that's because they 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 portray these Hispanic people as a very rapey people, kind of seemingly. Yes. Whenever you see them, like they're not just it's not just Spanish flies, but they're Spanish flies, and they're also romantic. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like a uh, Pepe Le Pew style, yes. like, but obviously he's French. Uh, and he then, is. <laughs> And then uh, she asks him to to zip her up, and uh, and then she I can't even remember why, but somehow when she zips up her dress, like something doesn't go right, and she ends up naked. Yeah, in it. But she does the oh, <laughs> like kind of like laughs about it. Yeah, like she planned it, planned the whole thing. Would you fall for Mrs. Bighead's subjective ways? Uh, no. If you're a wall, a young wallaby. Uh, looking for love. Let's and, look at this in the in the in the circumstances of we're actually just humans and, really and humans? it's a human uh, thing. Uh, so you and I are close to the same age. Yeah, we'll say Mrs. Bighead is probably maybe twenty years Rocco's senior. Okay, maybe so like mid. We'll say we'll say Rocco's close to thirty as well. Yeah. Um, and so we'll say yeah, she's like fifty, fifty-five, something mm-hmm. like that. If you found a 55-year-old woman uh, that was a neighbor of yours, we'll say, for example, and she needed some uh, – the man was gone or something, needed some favors to help around the house and uh, asked you for help with something in that same instance, and then zipper broke and the whole thing just kind of fell, and she was kind of putting on some moves towards you, would you uh, bang? Yes. You would? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a hot neighbor? No. Am I invited? <laughs> No, hasn't happened yet, but there's still hope. There are, that I'm invited? <laughs> there's always hope or a that you're invited. Number. All of the above. Would you would you have sex with somebody and then I'm also there? Potentially. Like we're doing it together or I'm just there cheering you on. <laughs> <laughs> um, this should have been in a regular episode, but I mean we might as well just go ahead and talk about it now. <laughs> I think there's always a the right time. A frame. A frame. Yeah. I don't understand. Oh, I understand. You make an A. There's always the the female. There's always the potential for a right time, I think, in those situations. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Um, so uh caught in the the uh most um 
inopportune time. Yes. Uh, so Rocco denies Mrs. Bighead's advances. Yes. Uh, so she decides, well, you did all this work for me. I'm going to pay you. She's in. She's been robed since she did lose her clothes. Yeah. Um. And she starts so, getting kind of cryy, teary eyed, yeah. and run upstairs. Yeah. And so she she goes to hand Rocco the money for the work he did as Mister Bighead walks in, and uh, and then instead of Mister Bighead getting mad uh, that there's a potential of uh, some sort of maybe favors exchanged for money uh, of the sexual yeah. sort. Uh, he apologizes to Rocco for Mrs. Bighead being in a robe and that he had to look at that and experience that. And he's like, I'm sorry. And uh, which does make Mrs. Bighead very upset. She's yeah. like, my husband doesn't even, he doesn't, he's like disgusted by me. I know. And it's really cool because Rocco actually takes a stand, which yes. is one of the very few times that he does it. Yeah. But he's like completely morally right in this sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's like saying like yelling at Mr. Bighead saying like, Hey, Look at the catch that you have here. She is a beautiful woman. Yeah. She loves frog you. Lady. <laughs> frog lady. And she loves you more than anything and just wants to be with you kind of a thing and like yeah. stands up to him like full, like wholeheartedly. Exactly. Like one of the few moments that you get this kind of a Rocco in the episode, in any episode. He kind of has enough. He gets up to here with it. And just yeah. Kinda, yeah. Uh, and I I love it. And it's, it's kind of this like weird awkward is that when Rocco refers to the two of them, He's, I mean, presumably he's an adult in enough that he could call them by their names. Yes. Um, but continues he 100% to is. call them Mr. and Mrs. Bighead. I think like they could give him this like awkward, timid, foreign kind of person type yeah. thing. Like that's, they're just like, oh, that's just his quirky Australianness. You know, yeah. he doesn't feel appropriate saying Ed. Yeah. You know, he's or being anything overly like that. Respectful he just, for yes, his elders. 100%. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, like, so in in that the way that comes across she's a good is, mrs big head <laughs> yeah it's like that is how like he calls them and it's just you constantly like the word you could probably do a, a, a drinking game that would get really messed up by the amount of times that rocco says big head in the middle of yeah. all those yeah dialogue. 100%. <laughs> so then uh after that ed kind of realizes oh maybe uh Maybe I did mess up a little bit, and so he wants to get a little foreplay action with her, which yeah. uh, involves uh, kind of doing skeet shooting, but with yeah. like throwing with, plates with and plates and their tongues. tongues. <laughs> yeah. So you would think like it would be like it, which is just such an odd. I guess that's what makes it like maybe somewhat sexual to them in a way, as opposed to like I was thinking like it would make more sense if they just did like flies. Like he threw flies up in the air, like a dead fly or Spanish let a fly flies. go. And then like, you know what I mean? Like I'm getting the thing, like a food or something yeah. like that, but they're trying to make it like kinky. Like I could hit the plate with a tongue. It's destructive. Yeah. There's shards of glass that are by my tongue. I could get hurt. You know what I mean? Like some kind of weird kink sure, play yeah. is, is there with it. And then they kiss and they make out with their, their, their tongues get tied together at some point in I time, think so. I think. If it's and not then, on yeah. this one, that happens sometime. Yeah. And then there's fireworks that ensue. Yes. The end of Which it. you can assume and are then fireworks. And you get the uh, the display ends with the episode closing of the uh, the circle closing. And then you get the Cupid flying. Oh, yeah. uh, and then he gets caught in the circle, yes. breaking the fourth wall there with his actual bare ass cheek, uh-huh. kind of mooning the crowd. And then he pops through yeah. and then the circle goes and closes <laughs> the rest of the way. Yes. Yeah, I love that ending. Mm-hmm. And we get our last episode that we're going to be discussing this evening, which is episode six, segment two, Bedfellows. Mm-hmm. And this one, Heifer is kicked out of his room at his parents' house. And uh, mice are a family of mice are brought in uh, to rent because he is a freeloader, as yeah. we've come to learn, uh, which I guess kind of plays back in catering into our money dilemma. Right. Also kind of somewhat there as well. Well, and the other two uh siblings are not kicked out yeah but i think it's it's meant to be like he's he's not pulling his weight in the house of doing like chores oh, and true. shit like yeah, that that's like right. the others are probably like we're mowing the well, yard. They take we're care of grandpa trash. i think yeah, one of them is like oh i did this for grandpa and so that, that it's meant to be like he literally just kind of sits around eats his fucking pastor puffies yeah uh or whatever kind of foods and stuff that they have bums around with rocco and kind of comes back and yeah. sleeps and just mooches, and that's yeah. all he does. And doesn't even try to help. Exactly. Which I guess, even if you did have money, you know, that would be kind of a shitty thing to do. It'd be annoying, yeah. Even if you're, yeah. I guess you, could, the only thing would be like if you were paying them rent, you could probably get by with it. Yeah. But other than that, no. Yeah, even to a certain extent, you know what I mean. Like if I had a person that was a roommate that was paying, we'll say majority of the rent, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Or something like that, and they were still not pulling their way to their house, I would try to find another roommate. You'd be like, 
dude. Like I'm, I would be willing to just split rent halfsies if this, if I had a roommate that just did some of the stuff, not just like, Hey, here's $650. You only have to pay 200 bucks. Uh, I'm not going to do anything. So take care of me and my dishes and all this shit since I'm doing that. And I'll just freeload and do all this stuff and you do everything else. I'd take that extra money and hire a, a housekeeper. Yeah, that's a good call. And do that. And that way none of us had to do it. Yeah. They didn't do that. No. They did not do that here. They rented his room out to mice. (laughs) Uh, He goes and asks uh, Rocco if he could come and live with him for a couple days, kind of until it gets his parents. He's heading out. He's going to head out on the road, and he's going to figure out where he's going to (laughs) live. So then Rocco's couch runs away, so Heifer asks to sleep in (laughs) Rocco's bed with him. I love it because he's taking off his clothes, disrobing, taking off his uh i guess just are they just biddies yeah they're just overalls right yeah so he's taking off his overalls he's got his boxers on a bare ass kind of a thing it has stink coming out of it <laughs> and then again in the sense of uh everything sentient in this yeah. world the couch just like oh well the actually, couch has like, been there couch speaks is, yeah <laughs> says it like knows knows this familiar but yeah. doesn't know this amount of scent from it so then it flees yeah He's familiar uh, with with Heifer sitting on him yeah. to watch TV. So it's like, I'm not dealing with this on a long-term basis. I'm out. Right. So then he goes up and he's like, hey, Rocco, you, uh, you mind if I come up here and sleep with you? Yes. Uh, so then we get Rocco. I accidentally closed out the note. Oh, no. Uh, well, uh, while, uh, while they are sleeping together, I guess uh, sleeping together, uh, <laughs> Heifer's got a snore that's so loud. Uh that everyone in the neighborhood is having trouble sleeping yeah, from it. Including so, the big heads. Yes. Like they even yell in at Rocco's window to shut him up yeah. from their windows. So he's, he's making a, his way into it's fine. It's hard to believe that heifers never slept over at Rocco's house. Yeah. They, or, you know what I mean? Like, like that seems like something like he would crash on the couch. Yeah. Like on, not, not just like take off his clothes and sleep, but like he's just there, he's chilling and he's just kind of yeah. like, passes out kind yeah. of a thing yeah it's like really already... hard to believe it seems like they've been established friends for a while yeah exactly uh so yeah he's snoring waking everybody up uh rocco quickly finds that heifer staying over was a nightmare uh gets no rest wakes up and has like like i've never slept in days eyes. gross kind and of then, and then of course heifer's just like i'm bright and fresh you know yeah. i'm here in the day what are we <laughs> gonna do now you know kind of a thing doesn't clean up after himself at all Rocco starts getting complaints from his neighbors while Heifer is throwing a nudist colony party out back. Um, Rocco's gone at work that day, comes back to find the parties going on. I think he gets his clothes ripped off of him whenever he tries (laughs) to enter into the backyard. But they were like this. He's like, this is my house. And the guy's just like and takes it off. So we get segments of Rocco trying to walk to find where Heifer's at. And in, uh, instead of a nudist like black bar like we had on the nude beach, mm-hmm. we've got coverage from multiple various shrubs yes. that are around the yard uh, in the perimeter of the backyard while he's trying to find them. I believe well, that I, he also the the hippo lady is there. Yeah. Nude hippo right. lady yeah. is there. Well, and I guess uh, I, I guess Heifer is just into nude parties. Like, is that a thing? Like, is <laughs> I don't know, but it all, I don't know, but it also showcases the fact that he has a lot of other friends that yeah. we didn't know. Not like they're best friends yeah. like him, but his friend circle is a lot deeper. Yeah, he's very social. than what we are perceived to know. Right. Like we we only think of like, oh, he's just best friends with Rocco, and that makes sense. You know, like they're yeah. him, Rocco, and Philbert are just like three best friends kind of a thing, and that's that's really their only wheelhouse. They don't go out from there because they're not. They seem like pretty antisocial people for the most right. part, kind of. And then you find out that he's actually a social butterfly and into this nudist thing. Let's go. So who's a who's a, a friend that's it's not someone that you would consider like you're not with them all the time. But, you know, they're an acquaintance like you you talk to them maybe once a year or so. Uh-huh. You have a good time with them, whatever it is. Uh, you know, I, I think of someone that that we could both consider like we're definitely friends with, but like don't see all the time like Matt Jackson. Matt Jackson. So like William Lowe. Yes. William Lowe. William Lowe calls. We'll us go up. with the we'll go with the guests. <laughs> the guests. Yes. Either one of these guests call us up and they say, would you like to go to a nudie party with us? Yes. You going? No. <laughs> because I'm not I'm I'm not really that comfortable with my body, honestly. Yeah. I don't have a huge body image issue. Like if I'm at a beach or a water park or something right. and I have my shirt off. I'm fine because I know the people that I'm with, the only people that I truly care about. Right. I know Mandy likes my body. I know Betty just doesn't care because she's a child. <laughs> yes. 
uh, you know, that is what it is. If people stare at me and think I'm gross or whatever, that's fine. Right. I guess. I mean, I'm there paying the same amount of money they are or whatever. But yeah. if it was like an option of like whatever, it's not that I'm antisocial. It's also just that like, you know, I don't I don't know if I look at my body and think like, hey, I would rather be I, if I had the option to take off all my clothes around all of these people that I don't know. Uh, that seems like a good idea. I probably would. <laughs> I think I would try it. You would? I, I do once. Which one would you go with? Either. Either? Yeah, I mean. So if Mike Matt Jackson messaged you on Facebook or something out of the blue <laughs> yeah. and was like, hey, man, I've got this nudist party that we've got going on. Uh, it would be really cool if uh, you came and play some songs for us and then hung yes. out. You know what I mean? Like that's Literally that's your that's out. your end kind of a thing. Yeah. And he was like wink wink nudge nudge. That would out. be amazing. Yeah. If I got to play music at a nudist party. With your junk covered up like Jenny from uh Force Gump. <laughs> yes. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. I don't normally play my guitar that low, but I would just for the fun of it. Yeah. For that yeah. That'd be funny. That'd be I really like that. cool. What about Will? How would you get your end with the Will? You think um, it would be the music thing too, or do you think it'd be like I mean, either way, Will Will would be an interesting one since I don't. What really if Will know. was like, "I want you to try and uh, come over. I'm gonna have some cream of some young guy, and uh, I think you would like a taste." Like I don't, I I don't know. I've met Will the one time here and uh, not here, but at my house, yeah, the old house, yeah, and uh, and so I don't know anybody in his circle. Like yeah. Matt, I know that I would probably oh, I'll be there. Like there. <laughs> Like there were, there's a, like we went to school together and yeah. he still hangs out with a lot of people that like we went to school together with. Not a lot, but I know like, no, I don't think like, he does at all. Like anymore, Tony, but... Tony is still around. Merck. Yeah. Yeah. Tony is. And, uh, and there's a couple other names that probably Nick. are familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like other than that, yeah, not a lot of, yeah. of people, but there would be some like other people that'd be like, oh, that's, yeah. that's that guy. I would jump. think like, <laughs> I don't know why, but for me, for you thinking about you i would think that the will one would probably be an easier catch because you don't know anybody yeah. that it would be more comfortable more easy going because yeah. you'd be a little bit you know i don't know these people you know kind of a thing They've there's never no seen like, this before there's no social awkwardness you know of somebody yeah seeing that there's no there's no predated history of yeah. like remember me from school and here remember me. me from my school <laughs> and here's my member <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> so uh where were we at? We were talking about the news party. Uh, yes. After Rocco runs them out, Heifer decides that Rocco is too difficult <laughs> to live with and decides he's moving out of Rocco's house. <laughs> he's like, I'm over this. You you shut down my nudist colony party. So he gets his pags and shit like that. Heifer's dad, the wolf, Heifer, or what's this? Does, do we have Mr. Wolf? Mr. Wolf's name? Yeah, I think that's it right now. Um, we find out Virginia is the mother, right? Yeah. Virginia Wolf, and then I forget what the dad's name is. We get appropriate names. The grandpa is always just Grandpa. Yeah, he's Wolf. just Grandpa. Yeah, but I think everybody else does get names right. Yeah. Uh, so dad comes up, picks up Heifer, um, and, and invites him to come back home. I even believe that after that is said and done, too, that Heifer, as they're about ready to drive off, is just like, "Hey, we should hang out later." To Rocco before they bolt <laughs> off, after he's telling him that he's fed up with this shit, <laughs> like nothing happened, and yeah. Rocco's just there in his front yard, nude. And there's a point in time where Mrs. Bighead's like, oh, Rocco, seeing him <laughs> nude from across the yard. See, I'm surprised she the was just in, weren't there. She was at the party. Or they the she was. At, he oh, wasn't. He uh, was telling her to come back oh. to the house because Ed was there and she was trying to get him to come over to join them. That and then right. he's still nude in the front yard the next morning after the party's done. And she's like, oh, Rocco, to him from the yeah, from the from the window of their house saying, like, you still like whatever. You're still in it. Yeah. And then your question posed, do nudist colonies have just random parties like that? Naked parties, would you go? Is that what you basically yeah, were asking? Yeah, but I, I, I've never, uh, I definitely have never known of anybody. I mean, there was a nudist beach in, in Ducoin, the outskirts of Ducoin. There is still. Uh, yeah, no, not really. Okay. Uh, but uh, but not at least the one that I'm aware of isn't <laughs> active anymore. So that's uh, that's the only scenario I know. I don't locally. know of any other nudist beach. Uh, I've never even or just is beach in, the in only just time? a general way. Like I've it, at is multiple beaches that I've been to, even including like Atlantic Ocean beaches and shit. I've never seen on any kind of a page or something like, hey, this one's like optional clothing, you know, or yeah, anything. No. Like that. I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if it's like a subset of things that are like 
here's a group of cotton does, you know what I mean? Like this is like a neighborhood thing. Yeah. This half is for like the families that don't want to partake in that, but right. there are other people in different that families that are partaking of it. So they obviously want to go and be nudie. So here's a nudist colony. They want to be like, nudie. But they're just like, you know, a group of people, they're all friends and stuff. So they have a nudist colony right. that's there. Of it. Yeah. So that's that. I, that's the only thing I could think of. Maybe it's more privatized to people that live in Has like a, Definitely. that kind of an environment. Yeah, so I that way they can kind of like, Hey, we're all under the neighborhood watch together. We have this like <laughs> stretch of beach that's basically all ours, you yeah. know, that we all are, you know, right, own basically. Yeah. So, how about this half be for the people that want to be nude and stuff like that, and this half be for the people that don't want to be, so that way you don't have to see anything. Yeah, I think it's definitely privatized, at least in the states, because it's not really a accepted thing. Unless you're in international waters, but uh, but I maybe in other countries it seems like it might be a little more waters, more a little open, more, more open, open to that a French, idea. Yeah, a French nudes, perhaps. Yeah, la bouche, definitely. La da da dee dee da da da. That's that band that sings that. It's Labouche. Is that the name of the band? Yeah. Oh. But you know what I always say is that uh, podcast day is a very dangerous day. This has been an IFNZ production. Yeah.